Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. I'm Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi, everyone. It's Eileen, your host of The Lavender Lifestyle. Today, I have a special guest that I'm excited to bring on the show again. So her name is Kajal Pandey. And if you listen to the first season of the podcast, you'll know who she is. Because honestly, that episode where I interviewed Kajal was like one of my favorite episodes still to date. So I really wanted to bring her back just to catch up with her and introduce more of her story to the rest of you. So Kajal Pandey is a life coach, self-love revolutionary, and writer. And you could find her on her website at kajalpandey.com. That's spelled K-A-J-A-L-P-A-N-D-E-Y.com. So what's up? Hi, Kajal. Hi, Eileen. Thanks so much for having me. I know. I'm so (laughs) excited to have you back because I think you're just so wonderful. You're you're so real and you you know what you're talking about. Like you're just so good at it. All right. So let's talk about your story a little bit because I want to know the why behind everything that you do because I know you're a life coach and you're all about self-love. Can you talk about like what exactly got you into it? So I was a always a very curious kid. I always looked at the world and I would always think to myself, hmm, why is it like that? I was never the kid that would just do what they were told. I was always questioning my parents all the time. Why do we do this? Why don't, why don't we do this? And as an immigrant to this country, I moved here when I was five. I didn't speak English. It's actually my second wow. language, believe mm-hmm. it or not. I had this kind of... Um, instilled within me that we moved here for the American dream. We moved here for better opportunities. And so I kind of, that was a really big part of my upbringing. So for me, it became very important for me to find my own voice and find my own path very early on in life because I saw my dad struggle so much to get us to this country. And then it kind of put this kind of, I guess, responsibility. I'm also the oldest child to, to make sure like I use that opportunity he gave me in a very full spectrum way. Mm. It was very untraditional in the way that I went about it. I was originally, um, my whole dream life, life dream has always been to help people. That's my, that was my goal ever since I was like five years old. Mm-hmm. And I thought that meant to be a doctor. That's typical for Asian parents to put that upon their kids. Very typical for Asians to be want to be doctors. But there was something that was not in harmony, in resonance with me. Um, even though I was, my whole entire life had been set up so I could go to college, be a doctor and, you know, help people. And I thought mm-hmm. helping people meant to be a doctor. And when I had this realization that that's not the form it needed to be in, um, I told my dad that, um... I think I was 19 at the time. I went to my dad and I said, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. And he looked at me and he said, Kajal, you broke my dreams. Oh my God. (laughs) And I said, yes, because they are your dreams. And now I'm going to go find out what my dreams are. So that saying that statement and having that conversation with my father was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life because I was defying everything he's ever taught me and defying the 
quote unquote opportunity he brought me over to give because in his eyes that was you know to be successful to have a good job a good career good make good money and I didn't know what I was doing at the time it just kind of opened this doorway it's like okay, well, (laughs) I want to help people because that was still very prominent. I was like, that's my goal. My mission is to help people. And I thought I wanted to be a diplomat. I went to school and got a degree in international affairs, diplomacy, and international security. Again, the theme is helping people. But when I had what I call my divine storm in 2000, I want to say 11, when my whole life fell apart, I I was graduating Uh college and it was really funny. College college set you up to knowing what you want to do with your life. It was the exact opposite for me. I was like, <laughs> well, I have a degree now, like, but I was more confused Same than I ever was. Me. Just kind of began on this whole like searching experience of seeking truth. What is real for me? I have this desire to help people. Well, what does that translate us? What does that look like? And so I got really, really hard. I kind of want to rewind because I don't want to brush over the part where you had to like sit down and talk to your dad because I'm sure that it took a lot to get up to that point. And I know a lot of people out there, they feel like they're not living aligned to what they really want to do, but they do have that parent pressure on them. So can you share about what even, how did you even get, gather the courage to do that? Like, was there a breaking point? What happened? Um, For me, I've always had this strong inclination that if we don't do what we love, if we don't follow our heart, we can never make anyone else happy. And so I, I, I always knew that if I were to do, if I were, if I was going to ever make someone else happy, it had to come if I was happy. And I think this realization along with, I kind of really asked myself, I kind of weighted the pros and cons. I was like, well, if you continue to become a doctor, and by the way, I think me not doing in my organic chem, me not doing good in my organic chem classes was a sign, was a sign. I was like, well, you know, I probably should not be getting a C or D in this this semester right now. I'm really messing up my GPA. I've heard that that is like one of the hardest classes ever. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, well, if I can't get through OCHEM, then I'm probably not going to make it through med school. Like it was just like, I was weighing this oh, out. Yeah. And I was like, and I, yeah. and the other thing was I asked, started asking myself, like, am I really enjoying myself? Like about, do I enjoy taking my classes? Do I really enjoy like studying and the whole experience of that uh, experience of going to school as I was a biology major? And I was like, am I enjoying my experience right now? And it was always like this, no, like I would, I would hate to go to classes and I just like didn't feel motivated or inspired to study. I was just constantly like, it felt like a chore rather than like an excitement. And I was like, well, if this is going to be the next, you know, I think it was like, what, eight more years to go. I couldn't do, I couldn't do it. And so I kind of sat there with myself and I said, right now you're struggling to even get through your classes and like even show up for what you need to do right now. And the pressure and the workload is going to get even bigger. I don't think I have the capacity to do that. And I just, I, I just checked in with myself and I said, I'm actually miserable and I don't want to prolong my misery anymore. And I want to feel happier. Like if a job that you're doing doesn't make you happy, then it's not aligned to I think to a you. lot of people zone that out, though. They block it out kind of like, I have to sacrifice in order for to get that reward, but they don't think about, you know. Yeah, and that's where it comes back to the journey is just as important as the destination. If the journey mm-hmm. is not fun and exciting, it doesn't matter what the destination looks like. 
it will never feel exciting if the process doesn't feel exciting and feel good I think for that's you. That's wonderful news because that means that you should be enjoying every day in whatever you're doing. If you're not enjoying every day, then that means maybe you should do something else or who knows what. Like you should shift something, right? Right. And then another thing is like if you have a dream, let's say your dream is to be a doctor, and I'm so that's so amazing that your dream is to be a doctor. But if you're not in love with the process, then it's not really your dream. It's a dream that you've been taught is yours. Yeah, that's, there's a big difference there. You have to love the process. Okay, so you can continue on. So you you found yourself, right? You're exploring. Yeah. So I didn't love the process, and I was like, I'm miserable. And if I'm miserable now, then I'm probably gonna be miserable when I am a doctor working crazy hours. So I just literally. I literally had to just do it for myself. And so I went and I had this conversation with my father and it, was, it wasn't it was good. I mean, where there was a lot of emotional heaviness, crying and everything. And I just remember telling him one day, I was like, not telling him one day, but I remember telling him that day, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I know I'll make you proud. That's all Aww. I said. And at the time I was like, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. But I, I just... I just want to tell everybody who's listening right now is that if you're doing something you don't love and you're not enjoying the process, take that as your sign to kind of check in with yourself and be like, well, am I doing this because this is what I was taught I should do? Is this my mom and my dad's dream? Is this what I think is successful? What will make me a lot of money? And checking with yourself, you're like, what do I want to do? What makes me feel happy? What makes me feel excited? And when you check in with yourself and you start honoring that, you'll realize that that's what you need to go out to do to really fulfill whatever it is that you want to have and achieve in your life. Right. So what about you? What about now in your journey? Do you feel like you love the process? I do. I. It took me a long time to get to this place where I knew that I wanted to be a life coach because it's not a very, it's not a regulated field. There's not a career path you could go down and follow. While I was doing my um, searching on Google and things like that back in 2012, I came across the words life coach and it just hit me like a wall. And I was like, I don't know what this means. I don't even know what a life coach is, but this is for me. And when I understood it's all about helping people remember the truth of who they are, helping people mm-hmm. fall in love with themselves, helping people become the best versions of themselves. I was like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> and so I, yeah. I, I, I went and had, I did a life coach training program. Um, I read so many books. I connected with other coaches, I would get on Skype calls with them and I would just be like, what was your process? Like, what did you do just to pick their brain? And at that point in time, my confidence levels were so low. But one thing that really helped me was I started making YouTube videos around that time. And I started making my YouTube videos as a way for me to teach myself what I was learning because I was in Mm -hmm. a Kundalini yoga class and my teacher told me, this statement by Yogi Bhajan, who's the master of Kundalini Yoga. She said, if you want to learn something, teach it. Yes. That's part of why I started my channel too. I had to learn this stuff. <laughs> so I, I used my YouTube videos as a platform for me to learn. And it started evolving into something where I started gaining more confidence and more courage. And I became to realize that I actually know what I'm talking about. And all the personal development work that I've been doing on myself was actually like, I could see the physical results of it. 
And that's when I was like, okay, I really, that word life coach that I saw two years ago, I'm going to really step into that. And that's when I, you know, met my mentor who I took the life coach training program with. And it just evolved into something that became that mission that I had since I was little was to help people. All right, before we go on, I have to tell you about our sponsor, FreshBooks. So if you're a freelancer or small business owner, FreshBooks is an easy accounting software that's the simplest way to be more organized and productive with your day-to-day paperwork. So with FreshBooks, you can send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments to get paid up to four days faster, and more. Even if you're not a freelancer, you can still use FreshBooks to keep track of your expenses So my favorite part is that you can take a photo of your receipts with your phone and upload it straight to the FreshBooks app as an expense. So it's super fast, super easy. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. So if you want to claim that, just go to freshbooks.com slash lifestyle and enter the Lavender Lifestyle in their How Did You Hear About Us section. So that's freshbooks.com slash lifestyle. All right, back to the interview. Yeah, that's wonderful. It sounds like it all just happened so fast and so magically, like the universe conspired to help you become a life coach. But do you want to get into like the details of like how how that actually happened? Like, did you have some gears of like being confused and uncertain as you were trying to find this? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. It may seem like, oh, it happened so magically and so fast and so organically. It didn't feel like that at all. It was such a, it was such a struggle to come into my own, to feel confident in my voice, to feel confident sharing myself, to feel confident in who I was. It wasn't just a, a, you know, night and day switch. It was, it was an experiment. I, I would consistently, what I told myself is the way we get good at something is we keep practicing at it. Like, so for example, if you know, you want to be a world-class violinist, you have to practice like three, four hours or eight hours a day to get to that level at your game, right? So I told myself, well, if I wanted to feel confident in my abilities to help people as a coach, I had to practice at it. And what I would do is literally I would read and then I would sit down and I would coach myself through the experience. I would record myself. I'm not even kidding. I would record myself and talk to myself out loud as if like I was a third person listening into my story. Um, I had my meditation practice. This is where this is where mind dump journaling came big for me. I think it's also called morning pages. I used to do that a lot. What I started doing was getting aware of my in- inner world. What was going on within me? Like, okay, what belief system did I have that told me that I can't do this? We have a list of whys. We, we all have a list of why we can't do something and then we harp on that. But how many of us actually have a list of why I can do something? So make, start making that list of why I can do this. That's where you nice. pull your confidence from and your ability to believe in yourself from. Right. So let me just recap because you shared a lot. So it's all about practice makes perfect and, you know, asking yourself why I can do this, you know, building that confidence over time because I know it sounds like in hindsight, all these amazing things happen, boom, 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 and it was perfect, but, you know, 
as the process was happening, it wasn't so easy. And I just, I just want to share that with everyone because I know that when you're looking at someone who's, who's there already, who's successful, they're like, oh man, like it must be easy for them. Like they're there already. Like I'm still struggling. Like no, everyone goes through that uncertain period of time where they're exploring and you're, you just, you really have to build yourself. You can't cheat that. There's no shortcut. Right. Another thing I do want to mention is it's so fun that most people don't realize that I met you online, like when we were both starting out, right? What was it 2014? I think, it, yeah, I still, yeah, it was two years ago, I think. Kajal, you have a special place in my heart because you were the first person that I found on YouTube who was talking about personal development and self-love, all of this stuff. Like, I, I think we were, we, our channels were both really small. We were just starting. So I was so excited to find out, find your channel. And then we just became friends online. It was so cute. As I, I remember finding it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only crazy person talking about this. <laughs> exactly. And then the weird thing is when I started my YouTube channel, I felt like there was a niche missing. It was like young women who were talking about things other than fashion and beauty. I mean, they're, they're so... <laughs> perfect in their place but I felt like there's no one really talking about the guts of what really matters in life is our emotional yes. state and our like mind and our body and our soul mm -hmm. and when I found you I was like it was like such a validation I was like hooray <laughs> yeah no it, I felt exactly the same way I was like no one is talking about this stuff like I'm freaking lost in life and no one is talking about being lost no one's talking about reading books and developing yourself. So I think it's really, really cool to just, you know, to connect and have gotten that from you. So thank you. I'm very grateful for you. As am I. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to you. <laughs> you didn't mention it today, but I know this is a part of your story. You have mentioned that you've like struggled with depression and now you're like completely self-loving and positive and empowering. I want to know what advice do you have for either someone struggling with depression or someone who has a loved one struggling with depression? Because I've known, you know, sometimes there are people in the lavender community who are going through that phase. And I just want to know what's the best way to handle that. Okay. So first understand what depression is. Depression is not who you are. It is who you think you are. And I use this analogy all the time. Depression is like wearing sunglasses and wondering where the light is. So over time, what happens is circumstances or situations or life events happen that kind of just lower your vibration, lower your vibration, kind of put you into a hole. And then you develop this self of having depression and you wear these sunglasses and then they're covering your eyes and you can't really see around you. It's like, why does everything look really dark and murky? And you're just, I'm, I'm over this experience of this darkness. That's what depression feels like. It's like this dark cave. But all you really have to do is take those sunglasses off and realize that light has been there all along. You just have chose to wear sunglasses. And the reason mm -hmm. I use that analogy, because it's such a simple way of helping people understand that depression is a choice. Choosing to feel depressed is a choice. And I know that sounds very harsh. Well, why would I choose to feel depressed? Well, it's an unconscious choice. Maybe perhaps you had a really hard childhood like I did, or you had a really hard time getting good grades in school like I did, or you had a really hard time finding what your career path was like I did, and everyone around you was successful, and you're like, well, what's wrong with me? So it's natural to kind of feel really low and depressed about that. But the more you continue to believe that is the truth of who you are, the more it will feel like it has become you. 
But you, so your job is to go back and be like, okay, well, when I was a baby, did I feel this way? No. So there's obviously something that happened along the lines that I have chosen to feel this way about myself instead of feel empowered and realizing that it's like wearing sunglasses that are blocking out all the amazing things and all the wonderful opportunities and all the wonderful things that can happen for me if I just take these bloody sunglasses off and realize that I have just as much opportunities or just as much capacity or just as much, you know, intelligence or worth or deservingness as anyone else does. I just have to stop choosing to think of myself in this way and define myself in this way. And then the question I would ask on top of that is, what would the empowered woman or man that I am do? How would she live? How would she think? How would she feel? How would she, you know, act? What would she do? All of these things. And it's, it's a process. It's constantly asking yourself, okay, I hate the way I'm feeling, but I want to feel better because it's also a choice. Choosing to feel better is a choice. If I were to feel empowered about who I am, what would that look, feel, act like? So just asking that question is so key though. Like what would the empowered version of me act like? How, what would I do? I think that's that's something that not everyone thinks about off the top of their head. Is You have to make it conscious. Right. Yeah. And then what if you're, like I said, if you're one of your loved one is depressed as someone from the outside. Because, you know, sometimes when you tell people things, they can't really receive it. Just curious. So if your loved one is depressed, the best thing you can do is love them as they are right now. So what happens sometimes when, when someone is depressed, what we do is, oh, you shouldn't be feeling this way. There's more, there's more to life out there for this. You know, it's, it's not worth your time to feeling this way. In the state of mind that they are, they don't know that's possible for them. So when you do come to them and you say, you know, you should be feeling better or this is not right, they get even more like defensive and they're just like, go away. If you can meet them where they are and be like, I understand what you're feeling. I know this must be really hard for you. Um, I know you're having a hard time. I know it's probably really hard to get up in the morning. Just like kind of show compassion and kindness to where they are right now. And then kind of just plan an activity with them. It's like, okay, you know what? It's my treat. I want to really take us to go get some ice cream. Or, you know, I really, I watched this trailer for this movie and I think we should go watch it together. Meeting them where they are with kindness and compassion, step one. And step two is plan an activity for you to do with them so they start trusting you and start knowing that you're there for them in their time rather than forcing it upon them to change and just be like, dude, get over yourself. No, that makes total sense. So meet them where they are, love them, and show that you care through acts. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I also went through some sort of depression like the end of my college years and right after I graduated. And I remember during that time, I was like crying all the time. I would t I would tell my boyfriend and my, my brother and my mom that I was depressed and I wanted to find help. Like I, I called like the school psychologist, what I don't know what they're called, psychological helpline or whatever. Like I did that. I went that far, but like they didn't believe that I was as sad as I was. And they were like, why can't you just get over it? And then my, boy my boyfriend's like, I don't understand. And it was just not compassionate. He's not a very like empathetic person. He's more like logical and whatever. But yeah, I, I understand that that hurts when people just don't get you. So it's best to just love them no matter what. Yeah. Another thing is when someone is telling you like, I really don't feel good. Like I really don't feel like myself. I really do feel depressed. And for me, I had suicidal depression and I didn't have anyone to t say, say, say to that I feel that way. But when someone is telling mm -hmm. you that, be like, 
for the, for someone to feel this way, they must really feel this way. So don't just, you know, brush it off and just be like, oh, she's just having one of those days. It's it's not, it's for human beings, it's really not easy or comfortable for us to say that we're not feeling the best about ourselves. We're Because we're so taught to just kind of fake it <laughs> and put a smile on our face mm-hmm. and cover it up. But if someone is genuinely telling you like, I really think I need some help or I just don't feel my best or I am in depression, take them seriously. Okay, so as we're towards the end of the episode, I want to ask you, do you have a favorite book or resource that you're inspired by at the moment? At the moment, off the top of my head, I'm going to, well, you obviously know this. I'm a huge, 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 I would say advocate, but a huge follower or student of A Course in Miracles. That book has been so Mm -hmm. profound for me in my healing and my journey. I come back to it every day. It's just something that I come back to to anchor myself. But for your listeners, I would really suggest Dying to Be Me by Anita Marjani. It's a great book on self-love, on treasuring your magnificence, owning your worth, owning your value, really understanding what it is to fall in love with yourself. And that if you don't do that, you can't create a life you love. And I always say this, when you love yourself, you can love your life. It's just synonymous for one another. And then the book yeah. that I think, a book that I'm currently reading is a book called Conversations with God. And it's again, it's a, it's a metaphysical book, but it's, it's just a beautiful um, journey of this man who started a f- conscious stream of writing. And he was so sick and tired of his thoughts and how he was constantly feeling that he would write it out in his notebook. And he started realizing that God or your higher self or however you relate to higher power, higher energy started speaking to him. And it the, basically the truth of it is that, that you're, you are in charge of what happens to you. You're in charge of your life. You are in charge of your destiny. You have to go out there and basically birth whatever you want. There is no one coming to save you. You are that person that you need that will come and basically save you and give you all the things that you want. So that's what I'm reading right now. Awesome. Sounds amazing. So Dying to Be Me and Conversations with God correct? I'll have links to those in the blog post. Send me those links, Kajal, and I'll share it with everybody. And uh, one last question is, what action can we all take today to bring us closer to living our most authentic life? Um, This is something I do every day, is asking myself the question, what is going right in my life? Because so many times we're always so focused on what's wrong, what's not working, where I'm not yet who I have not become yet but coming back to this moment today and asking yourself what is going right and you'll realize that I am further along than I think I am feeling better than I did yesterday you know I do have a roof roof over my head or I did have this amazing meal or this amazing conversation always coming back to that place of appreciation and gratitude and appreciating the goodness that is your life because it doesn't matter how something may not be working or doesn't feel right it's this quote. What's this quote? Every day may not be a good day, but there's always something good in every day. Oh, yeah. Love it. So when you ask yourself the question, what is going right in my life? Well, you have all this stuff to pull from. So when you're having a bad day, I love to use this when I'm having an off day. I call it an off day. And so I ask myself, well, what is right in your life, Kajal? And then it's like, 
oh my gosh, so many things are right in my life. And then it instantly like re-energizes me and realigns me. It's like, okay, things aren't really as bad as you think they are. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I'm like a natural note taker. So as you're speaking, like I want to type that in and take that note. What is going right in my life? Everyone journal that. That is your journaling prompt for today. I'm totally going to journal that right after this interview. But thank you for sharing that. I love it so much. You're always such a bright, shining light. Um, so lastly, where can our listeners find you? Um, come over to my website at kajalpande.com or you can go check me out on YouTube at youtube.com slash dearkajal. And then you can find me on all social medias at dearkajal as well. Dear Kajal. So it's K-A-J-A-L. All right. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like the podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps me so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye.